Another one of my favourite scenes is when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, where there's the car chases going on simultaneously to him in the in the oh, corridor, that's and it's that, just like yeah, that that is still Jesus, and the car yeah. flips off the yeah. the freeway. And I just love how he just lines them all up as if he's like getting like files in order, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then wrapping as if he's literally like, I need to move these things to the other yeah. office. It's so amazing. Yeah, this, this is episode one hundred of, of Flix Watcher Podcast. podcast. We made it! Hello film fans, welcome to the 100th episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today, as always, Kobe. Yay, 100! Guest Edith. Happy birthday to ya! And Carriad. <laughs> today is your birthday! <laughs> Come find us on Twitter, tweet to us, agree with us, disagree. We're at Flix Watcher Pod. The website flickswatcher.tv has full listings of each episode and subscribe and reviewers on iTunes. So all films were available on Netflix at a time of recording, guys. Just as a bit of a warning, there is some bad language and there will be spoilers. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. We have today in our studio Edith and Cariad. If you'd like to say hello to our listeners and tell them where we might be able to hear you, see you in the in the world of pods and otherwise. Um Thank you. <laughs> um, hello, my name's Edith Bowman. I do a podcast called Soundtracking with Edith Bowman. Uh, and I talk about film and music with all manner of people who are in that world, be it producers, directors, writers, composers, music supervisors. Um, did I say actors already? I think I did. So yeah, I just, I'm a very nosy person and it gives me the opportunity to pick their brains about music and film, both in terms of for them professionally, but also personally. Um, and yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, Some amazing, amazing guests absolutely. you've had on as well. And it's great to hear... The big, the big, big names. Obviously, you had Bradley Cooper in talking about the Star is Born, yeah. which is insane. <gasps> Did you uh, sit in front of Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. In my head, I was singing Shallow with him. Wow. I'm so Don't do it. Um, uh, yeah, but it's also really important for me to, it's lovely that we get, we get these, you know, the big names, as you say, but it's really important for me to, for it to be about they've got something to say. Yeah. So we also have, um, you know, lesser known people in it. So um, there's this wonderful lady called Sarah Bridge, who's a young music supervisor that we had on. And I really wanted to give her the opportunity to talk about the role of a music supervisor, which you never really get the chance to, to hear about. Or someone like Elizabeth Carlson, who has been a, a quite prolific producer for the past kind of 30 years. Um, most recently, Colette is one of the yep. films she produced. Carol as well. I remember listening to that um, episode. I was on holiday, and I love listening. Such a and then such an inspiration. Was, was it her that lived in New York for a bit, and then yeah, came, yeah and then um, yeah, and she kind it? of started off just doing work experience, and uh, and and really kind of worked her way up and grafted. And her story's just really yeah. there's a film in her story in itself. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's about kind of people with good stories to tell, really. So one of yeah. the early episodes I heard of yours which really connected me with the podcast was uh, Matt Ross yeah uh, talking about Captain when Captain, Captain Fantastic, Fantastic yeah and we had we had we uh, well we talked about American Psycho and he's in he's in that film it was like who is that guy he's the guy he's the guy that um, he's in Silicon Valley as well yeah, of course main, he plays uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but he's the guy that was strangled because um, oh yeah 
because he was gay in the in the toilets. Um, but that, I, I really, really love Captain Fantastic. I thought that film incredible film, amazing, and it's good to see a smaller film with um, a smaller director behind it but talking so passionately about the film and also the music and everything that goes yeah um, we recently had um simon amstel as mm. well who's you know kind of taken that step into directing carnage well, benjamin, was, yeah benjamin which is 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 is, is very much kind of about him and his 20s sort of thing um and james wright and who used to be in the claxons has done the music for it and so we got the two of them together to talk about collaborating and and the film and that's kind of really nice where you have a a little british film independent film that's on limited cinematic release that mm. you can kind of talk about and hopefully more people will kind of seek it out and go and see it so sure they do uh, yeah carried who are you <laughs> I, d I don't know. Um, uh, I'm Carrad. I host the Griefcast uh, podcast, which is where I interview comedians uh, about their experiences of death and grief. It's cheerier than it sounds. Um, and I also do Ostentatious, which is an improvised Jane Austen novel, which I just remembered I have to definitely mention because we're currently weekly at yeah. the Fortune <laughs> Theatre. And I was like, God, I really need to... So just say that again. Weekly at the where? Weekly at the uh, Fortune Theatre in London's glittering West End. And how can one get tickets? Uh, you can head to ostentatiousimpro.com. <laughs> That's it, we're done with that. Okay. I, I, also do a, I also do a podcast about death. Sure. But um, most recently, a lot of people might know you mainly from being Alice Flock or Alice Clunt uh, on the first episode of This Time with Alan Partridge. Yeah. What was that like? It was amazing. It was very nice to be... It's just so... Do you know what I mean? It's, it's Alan Partridge. <laughs> I couldn't... Once I was in the room, I was like, just, who cares? Next to Alan Partridge. I'm happy. I felt like a tourist. <laughs> I was just like, oh, look, there he is. This is great. Because you were trending on Twitter the next day. That, that well, I wasn't. Well, Alice Fluck Clunt was. Was yeah. she? Yeah. Oh, I'm not on Twitter enough. I should have... Was there any improv in that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, not... not. I mean, he does, because he knows that character so well. But mm. it was really interesting, because um, they... It's he, it's uh, Steve writes it with um, the Gibbons brothers, and yeah. they. I've never seen anyone the detail on that script. Like literally, they were coming over to discuss. Do you think it's funny if he says "and" or "of" in that sentence? And then they would try it and come back and go, "Say and, Steve," and then walk away. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was such a tightly, tightly structured, well thought out thing, which is amazing to be sat in. Yeah. You're like God, this script is so funny, and the reason it's so funny is someone has put their lifeblood into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that he, but he, obviously Steve does go off on mm. his, you know, he knows the character so well, but I, di I didn't know. <laughs> I said, I said the genius words I was told to. <laughs> and was like, it's Alan Partridge. Yeah, it was amazing. I was very lucky to be in the first episode. That helps. Yeah, that's everyone, great. Everyone watches that. It's like, let's carry on. Yeah. <laughs> um, Edith, we're talking about Inception, which is a film we that you are. chose. Yeah. Can you tell us why you chose it and give, if you can do, well, you have to. Yeah, I will do. I've written it down. Timed and there's, a, <laughs> there's a guillotine above you after two minutes. <laughs> A two-minute synopsis. Um, I chose Inception because I love Christopher Nolan's films. Um, and this one in particular, I think, is the one that I've watched the most, right. actually. Uh, amazing cast and just the most bonkers story that, you know, I still watch it again and find things in it that I missed the previous 15 times that I've watched the film. So it kind of almost like evolves, I think, as well, the more that you watch it as well and you find new things in it. And I still really don't know what it's about. But here's my attempt at trying to describe yeah, what luck. it's about. So Leonardo DiCaprio plays this character called Cobb, who's a specialist um, corporate spy and thief who extracts and implants information from an into unconscious mind whilst they dream. Uh, but there is also a kind of another side to the film, which is a love story. That's all I'm going to say. 
Okay, well, great. Yeah, that's, that's good. Very, that's great. Yeah. very good. Yeah? Because I was like, when you chose this, I was like, oh. how are you going to explain <laughs> Describe it. what the hell it's about? Yeah. Well, people are going to be, we've told us the spoilers. So yeah, if you listen to this point, you've, you're silly, but everyone should have seen this film by now. So there's no real need to go okay. into, into the minutia. Okay. But also, right, streets fold up. You didn't talk about yeah. that. Well, I mean, but that's the whole, the, the, the kind of visual element to this as well. I think that's why you need to see this film more than once because mm. you need to watch it to kind of go, okay, right, that's... And then to allow yourself to... It's almost like with, with music, when you listen to a song for the first time, you're either a lyrics or a melody person. And then when you listen to it again, you'll either go, oh, now I get the melody or now I, I get the lyrics. Yeah. So similarly with this, that there's so much going on that it kind of like completely messes with your brain, I think. And I love films that do that where they kind of really test you and you kind of come out and it, it needs a conversation or five to kind of yeah, go, like, well, what did you, yeah, down. yeah, exactly. So I love happens? that about film. <laughs> Things like Mulholland Drive and all oh, that kind of thing where they go, it encourages you to go to the pub basically and just have a pint and chat about it. <laughs> Who doesn't want a film that does that? Helen, you're a big Chris Nolan night. I am, but I'm even a bigger Inception fan. Yes! Uh, Nolan. Um, the joy was transmitted to you by text message when I, I got this joy. <laughs> I really love this film. I, I think I stood up in the cinema and applauded. <laughs> when I saw it. How many times have you seen it? Um, I mean, maybe around 10, probably. <laughs> wow. Which I don't think it's like that much. Um <laughs> I mean, well, Edith, Edith has trumped you by, by five. I mean, there's, 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 there's so much, there's so many layers. And if you start digging into kind of the trivia around it, you could, you just get lost yeah. in a maze of that. But it's... I like learnt science. I kind of sort of learnt things about science to try and <laughs> decipher kind of what was going on, kind of diving into the whole kind of lucid dream thing and all that kind of stuff and there's mm. some great stuff out there on podcasts and stuff and um, there's a really good episode of um rick edwards podcast science-ish right. where they speak to kind of dream specialists about kind of where that's kind of going and i, I i'm just like i'm kind of totally geeked out on <laughs> that world and how the hell christopher nolan wrote this thing is it one of his com it's completely original one yeah. which a lot of time we see him now as like source material but to come up with this idea and to kind of execute it as well and, and carry it through and I love how angry this film makes people as well yeah. when they try and unpick it and they can't get the answer or the ending is ambiguous and they're so annoyed that it's not clear cut it's like well it's well, however you want to take it mm, yeah that's the thing intelligent blockbusters don't really happen that much do they no um, 2010 was a good year though what else was it 2010 uh, Shutter Island nice. oh, yeah. The Town Winter's Bone uh, oh, that's an amazing film Fighter Black Swan 127 Hours um, King's Speech Social Network yeah. wow that was a good year yeah. wasn't it Sorry, that's just a wee list the there good yeah. stuff in the first part and then <laughs> what happened in the last part I don't know none of, none of this Arrivals part. another really good I think intelligent yeah. blockbuster Denis Villeneuve did re uh, more recently it. and they're, they're few and far between it's great when because Arrival I'm sure people do were like I I've, I was told to see this film um, it's it, in a big screen but I don't get it so it's, it's shit and this is Interstellar as yeah. well obviously oh my that's god a, that's geez. an older one isn't yeah. it oh. um, carry on what are your thoughts <laughs> well how many times have you seen it I have seen it twice <laughs> yes 
only because I saw it she was forced the to. and I was forced to watch it for this podcast. <laughs> and when I saw Inception, I was like, oh, no. And then I'm not going to lie, I went on Netflix, I was like, how long? Yeah. Two, yeah. And Two and a half hours. Two and a half bloody hours. I was up to one in the morning. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. And uh, the other thing I would, yeah, it, it does... It, what, watching it by yourself with a mirror in the room you then have that like I finished and I was like is the mirror real? what can I oh I feel a bit is everything was this chair real yeah you do know, the really, hand thing it makes you feel really funny um, I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it and it's I'm really glad that I was forced to watch it again because the first time <laughs> I saw it I didn't enjoy it you I didn't? didn't no oh, I okay. didn't I felt very um, I just was I think I I struggled so hard the first time to just understand what the fuck was going on. So yeah, I felt whole, stupid after yeah, I watched time, it for the first time. I was time. like, hang on a minute, hang on. Oh, what, what? And so I left the cinema going, oh, I just don't really know what happened. Whereas this time, I felt like I was watching it and I was like, that was not in it the first time. <laughs> that wasn't there. There's a whole bit, they explain what's happening. How did I miss that? Because a whole massive bit was like, this is what's happening. I thought, no, that was not. So I, I think it, you absolutely have to watch it more than once, yeah. definitely. But I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, it was... Um, you know, I'm not someone, I, I have to say, I've I had to, I've got no excuse. I was about to say I had a child two years ago. This came out 10 years ago, but my, husband, <laughs> my husband's a filmmaker as well. So I, I feel like sometimes because he's so into films, I sometimes have moved away and I'm, I'm so into, my world is so much live comedy and stuff. So my so, husband's like that because I'm so into film, yeah. it's football and... Yeah, so you sort of like, like I literally said to my husband this morning, what else has Christopher Nolan done? Like I, and then he was like, memento. What does I roll? And, well, he was, he listed it very kindly. He's used to my brain. And I was like, oh, what? I love memento. Oh, is that him as well? And I was like, oh yeah. It was similar, wasn't it? And I remember, like I remember going to watch memento and just having my mind yeah. blown because I'd never seen anything before. And I wonder if it's that thing with directors of like, because he's such a trendsetter, you do actually see more... Like the first time I saw Memento, I was like, I've never seen anything like this in my mm. life. I remember going to Inception being like, oh, this is now more popular. Mm. So he's having to push it even further because it doesn't stand out as much. So I feel my brain as an audience is not as... is struggling to catch up with him. Uh, he's better than us, is what I'm saying. His mind is... I, I, I cannot fathom his mind. Yeah. How he puts his... I mean, even Dunkirk, which is a, a more linear oh, style. did that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Very busy, isn't he? Edith's weeping in the car. No, I, I, um, I, I have the same yeah. with, with you know, I'm a film fan. I'm not a kind of yeah, know it all and things. Mm. So you I have, have your that area, right? totally, yeah, yeah, yeah you totally. Cope, cope with your your garden. But his how he puts his films together, I mean, even Batman. But they're a bit more uh, standard narrative, I guess. But Inception, Memento, Interstellar, yeah. and Dunkirk, the way he plays with time, is really kind of mind-blowing I, I don't know how he does it this is my second time watching this oh, and, so and yeah. um but it was great I, I left the cinema the first time I was like I that was excellent got the DVD as soon as it came out but then it was on the shelf like <laughs> because it's like it's two and a half hours long and it just it needs your attention yeah so definitely. I did really love the fact that you picked it Edith because I was like well I should have watched it like as soon as it came out on DVD because I needed to see it again um and this time around, I actually found it a bit too expository in some places. Oh, I found that very and helpful. They, yeah, <laughs> but they had to. They had to have. Um, they had to have that character played by uh, the new architect, um, Ellen Page. Ellen Page, yeah. Juno. Um, they had to have her because otherwise it would make no sense. No, she's Ariadne, which Ariadne. Is, I have yeah. to say did annoy me. Did it? Why? Oh, Ari <laughs> like the beginning of it, I was like, I actually really hated the beginning because it is so, you're right, it is expository and the fact that she's called Ariadne and, you know, all these kind of like clunking and the thing that really almost made me want to turn it off was the scene in the lecture theatre. 
I've, I Michael had to Caine. see another. Oh, there's a very famous old white man, and he's surrounded by a massive blackboard with equations. And a cool young man is coming in, being like, "Hey, I need your help." Like I've, we've seen that scene so many times. But then, obviously, it got better. But because I couldn't remember <laughs> it, I was like, "Oh, not this." It was like the whole getting the gang together at the beginning is a little bit is a little bit comic. Like, yeah, <laughs> that that I love that scene where she's there outside the cafe. Yes, and, uh, explode and it's just like, oh my. God! Yeah. And then another one of my favourite scenes is when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character where there's the car chases going on simultaneously to him in the in the oh, corridor. That's amazing. And it's that, just like, yeah, that is still Jesus, and the car yeah. flips off the, yeah. the freeway. And I just and love how he just lines them all up as if he's like getting like files in order, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then wrapping, as if he's literally like, I need to move these things to the other yeah. office. It's so amazing. Yeah. That corridor scene, I think, is one of is yeah, the best thing amazing. in the film for me. Uh, I don't know because with the with the streets bending, you, you kind of just go, "Well, that's CGI. That's what's happened. They made a street bend over." But with that corridor scene where you've got people moving around yeah. in that kind of way, yeah. and the corridor spinning, you just think, "Well, that's that's it. That's that's how <laughs> films should be go? made from yeah. now on." And they're not because they can't be. People can't do that because people haven't got Christopher Nolan's mind. You're sorry. You can in dreams. You can in dreams. <laughs> Yeah, I think you do have... It's one of those films where, like... You, I think it's good it's two and a half hours long, really, because it takes you a while to get into that world. Mm. And I, I found myself, again, fighting it, really fighting at the beginning, so, because it's so intense and you have to give up all other thoughts. And I think in this day and age, it's quite hard to do that. You know, you can't... He's, he's saying to you, you can't look at your phone. You're going no. to miss something. You can't go make a cup of tea. You have to come into this dream with me and fucking stay here till we're finished. And I think that's what I initially didn't want to do because you're yeah. like, oh God, I'm a bit afraid of that. But once I just slipped into the bath, I was like, all right, I'm here. I'm that's here, it. Chris. I was trying to uh, watch it with my wife at the weekend and she had her phone out quite oh, yeah, often. Yeah, I was like, can't. we can't, we can't. No, because you will miss everything. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I had yeah. to move on to a different world, Game of Thrones instead. Um, so... Totem. We haven't even mentioned yeah. the totem. Oh, the totems, yeah. which is a real is a real thing in lucid dreams. Really? Yeah. So um, this is, I'm looking forward to your your research. So in uh, so lucid dreams is being conscious within dreams, basically, and so um, you you almost kind of have to be repetitive with things to to get there and then to understand when you're in the dream and when you're not, and so you have a thing where you almost need to teach the brain in real life that what if whatever choose a totem and then that's your thing so you look at your hand you count your fingers you turn it over the other way you clench your fist and you go five fingers that's my hand i know that's happening so then in your dream when you do that it would maybe grow another finger so then that you know that that's the dream element and same when the film the totem the spinning top uh, if it keeps spinning it's in the dream if it stops then you're not in the dream so this is a real thing. So Nolan's obviously like delved into this whole world yeah. to incorporate this, these, things into, these things into it, which I'm just fascinated about. The chair about. thing is real as well because that's what surrealist the painters kick. used to do. They used to lean back and fall asleep on the chair and then it, the chair would smack. Yeah. I'm sure it was Picasso, who, one of them did this, this, would smack and wake them up and then they would immediately paint what they were dreaming. Oh, yeah. right. And oh, they, right. they did that go. as a way to oh, make nice. sure that they, that was the only way to instantly capture it. Because you you were going to yeah. gravity would wake you up and you immediately go I know what I just dreamed so I can then write like paint it paint immediately. It. Do you know what the the main fan theory is about the totem? Go on. That Cobb's totem is actually his wedding ring, not the spinning die, not ah. the spinning thing. 
the spinning thing is supposed to be Mal's totem because yeah. yeah, that's what she hides away. And watching the film this time round, when it wasn't a dream, he had the wedding ring on. When it wasn't a dream, the wedding ring wasn't on. And that was and that. So what next time you watch this, at the this, end, does he have the wedding ring on? I'm not going to tell you. Oh what? I can't watch about <laughs> Did the end annoy you though? No, me neither. No. The end annoyed me so much the first time, but less the second time. Okay. The first time I was like, oh fuck off. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> the other theory was that Michael Caine was told that whenever he's in a scene, it's reality, and whether when and if he's not, then it's dreams. Oh really? So that's what that's he, what Michael Caine. That's what he says. That's how he took it, and it's... apparently he was told, but. Again, it's it's completely how you want to mm. see it. But that's that's the thing I love about it, and there's not many films do that where it, they most films kind of go, okay, so here's this, you know that that's yeah, happened, yeah. here's that. Whereas like similarly, sorry to keep comparing it to music, but like you listen to an album or a or a song, and the the artist wants you to take away from it what your emotional connection is to yeah. that, and I love that that's what this film is as well in terms of. It, he didn't want to lay it all out on a plate for you, give you an ending, yeah. that it's about what you take away from it. I think that's the biggest risk with this film is leaving yeah. it on a hanging ending because yeah. for such a big film, like I say, with things like Donnie Dark and Mulholland Drive, they're happy for you to go, yeah, here's your million, make your film and people who want to see it will see it. But this was had so much money behind it yeah. that... Um, I can imagine the Warner Brothers was super shit scared that people weren't going to watch it and all revolt What does it mean it. at the end, uh, yeah, Chris? Exactly. Yeah. Why does it, is it going to fall? Can you just tell me? Is he dreaming? Um, I love it. I, I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm glad to watch it again. Yeah, I was, as I said, the first time I saw it in cinema when that, at the end, I was so pissed off. I just thought, I just want to know. I just want to know. And then the second time I was like, oh, I see. It's up to me. <laughs> okay, fine. But like, it, it, you decide. Yeah. Edith, we have to talk because you're soundtracking yeah. the score. Hans Zimmer. The score's amazing. Yeah. I actually thought that was one of the best things about it. Like, really stuck. I was listening on extremely good headphones. Which yeah, which off. you always should do. I know, but it got <laughs> too intense. Okay. And I rested my ears for about half an hour because I thought I actually can't hear those strings anymore. It's too, it's too much. <laughs> Um, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and, I mean, they've got. I mean, they've got an amazing relationship, the two of them. You know, in terms of the number of films that they've worked. I mean, Interstellar for me is one of my favourite soundtracks ever, mm. um, and it's a really nice story with that. And that Christopher Nolan wrote a, a kind of page synopsis of Interstellar without there being any sort of genre attached to it. So there was no reference of kind of any sci-fi element and stuff. It was kind of just sort of, it's a story about blah, 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 you know, kind of thing. Sent that to Hans Zimmer and said, can you, if you've got time, can you give this a day and send me back something that you get from this synopsis? So he then um, recorded basically the organ part that mm. basically is the kind of pulse of the, the whole film kind of thing and the whole sound of the film. And then Nolan took that and that kind of inspired him writing the rest of the script for Interstellar from what he'd been sent by by Hans Zimmer. But they've got in this. Inception. Sorry, it's Inception. Interstellar, yeah. Um, and uh, and so their the relationship is just incredible in terms of Hans is in a quite a unique position. It's not a lot of composers get the opportunity to be right there at the start of the in, the inception of the story <laughs> to to then create. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um so it's kind of yeah, I mean I think that it's 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 a brilliant 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 score. Someone told me that the um or I read somewhere that the sound is je ne regret rien stretched out. Like sometimes when you're hearing yeah. that weird sound yeah, yeah, it yeah. is just yeah. it's all je ne regret rien stretched out into like there are like elements that, so yeah. the, when that theme is is relevant yeah. to that part of the story it's kind of it's kind of bastardized and yeah. and sort of uh and and kind of 
played with and parts of it are stretched and reversed yeah, and things yeah. like that as well. Which is a thing that Barry Jenkins does did on Moonlight, a thing called um, Chopped and Screwed, which is this kind of hip-hop um, technique where you take a song and you kind of like slow it up and slow it down and kind of, you know, kind of just twist the sounds yeah, of it and yeah. stuff, which is a kind of technique that he used a lot in that and kind of the recurrent themes coming through the different chapters of the or Sharon's life and stuff. But but yeah, the Nurgut Rians the is kind of is obviously part of the theme. Because it's weird because when it when they do play it properly, it feels like you've already heard it. Exactly. That's which I found the second time I was like, it's messing with your yeah, mind. Messing with your mind. You're like, and when they say, I thought it was just the wind, when Tom Hardy like, I thought it's been played the whole time, you were like I've been hearing that. How long has that been playing? <laughs> I've been hearing that. Oh See, secretly since the first time you watched it till watching it now, he's already had things planted in your head oh, that have been secretly yeah. kind it's of, you slowly, know, slowly whirring, slowly whirring no, away. No, yeah. Stop planting things and do my emails. If you're gonna go, <laughs> come into my brain, I've got stuff Make to do. Make my kids dinner. Yeah, exactly. You could actually be useful. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the cast. Can we please oh, talk yeah. about yeah, the cast? Yeah, no. um, so got, good. I've got a few Nolan regulars here, but yeah. bless, Helen, go. Um, I was watching this uh, with my boyfriend and he was like, oh, but this person's in it. I was like, yeah, I know. And, and, and this person's in it. And, yeah, I know. And, like, and this person's like, yeah. I mean, everyone in this is, you know, the A-list. Yeah. This is brilliant. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Tom Hardy, Killing Murphy, Joe Zingoli's Levitt. Marion Cotillard. Cotillard. Yeah. And Marianne Pete Possilsway. Yeah. The late, yeah. great Pete yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it is a perfect cast I think I thought Leonardo DiCaprio was actually incredible <laughs> like, no, like having again watch it again I was like I was talking about him this morning and I was thinking when because I I'm not the same age as him but I've like you know so Growing I remember being I was a teenager when Romeo and Juliet came out yeah, yeah. so the, when people are your peer level you sometimes don't take them seriously because you're like oh yeah him like my friends had them on his wall yeah. like on their walls yeah. when they're a teenager and I was watching it going, oh, I see. He's one of the greatest film stars of my generation. But <laughs> well, that, you um, sometimes don't realise because they're your generation. But I, he also gets take, totally taken for granted, yeah, I think, yeah. as I think well. So, because yeah. in the same year, he had this Shutter and Shutter Island, yeah. Island yeah. come out, yeah. which is yeah. an extraordinary film. Because I used to think, it used to be like all the girls fancied him at school. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> so for me, it's like, oh, fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, he was Ooh, like Leo. a throwaway romantic punchline. He was then, a poster boy. Yeah. But then, like, this departed... Um, it's just Ireland was just like yeah. oh shit yeah like you say yeah, he, he you, can act yeah and I think that's the thing it must be like if you were in the 60s and you're like oh that's Steve McQueen's alright isn't he like you, you just sort of, you've always watched him in films mm. you know what I mean and I just I think, loved him in the beach yeah. yeah he was brilliant in the beach he was <laughs> brilliant he was brilliant in Romeo and Juliet yeah what's eating Gilbert Grape guys <laughs> it's my first time I saw him but um, I have a theory about Leonardo DiCaprio if you notice, all his features are very in the middle of his face. Mm -hmm. Also, his expression is always tense eyebrows. And when you watch him, you do it and you, it's like he's trying to tell you something. And I find, I start leaning forward like, what is it, Leo? What is it like? I think he's talking to you. You really, he's like his whole, it's like his features are trying to get off his face and tell you something. And it makes you pace, it makes you look at him really intensely. And I, I was watching, especially the scenes where it's like super close up on, on him. He's doing so little and you you are in so much pain with him and the fact that this is actually the other thing I discovered it's about grief mm -hmm. who fucking I totally missed that the first time around and I was like he's this is entirely about his grief this whole film is about grief and pain and not letting go mm -hmm. and Leo is doing all that whilst sort of playing like this kick-ass spy guy and and but actually his face is leaping off his own face I loved how Ellen Page Ariadne was the only person who could really 
who really got him, and that yeah, was right yeah. from the start. That she, everything he built was all about Mal, and I the reason that he, a bit annoying. He couldn't be an architect. A pretty girl that had to point emotional things out to him. Oh really? Yeah. Is that a trope that happens? A lot, it's a little bit, isn't it? It's like oh, I'm the tortured man, and she's like, I'm here to help you find out who you are. It'd be nice if she had a bit more to do. Sorry, that's just how I felt about Ariadne. But I think she was. I guess it was the audience surrogate bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, telling you how to build the. Yeah. The maze, telling how to do this and that. But we, we needed someone like it's, her. Uh, you guys can feel differently. It's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought she was the. I thought she was the weakest character. Is, sorry, Helen. And no, sorry. No. <laughs> no, it's fair. It's absolutely yeah, fair. That, so but well. it's your interpretation of the film. Yeah. So it's, it's. And just being the only girl, really, apart from Mal, which is Mar- sort of, yeah. you know, I just wanted her to be a bit more kick-ass occasionally. She didn't get Chris too Manol. much. She literally followed them around while they all shot things. I mean, Chris Manolan yeah, doesn't he's not shoot. Big on writing great parts. That's, for women, I, that's why I think he's yeah. his weakest uh, trait, apart from Catwoman, who was great. Marion Cotillard in Batman, I thought was a pretty good character yeah. actually. But it's um, yeah, Prestige is a film we haven't mentioned, which yeah, is which is one of his best. Yeah, my and I can't remember. Actually, Jessica Chastain in Interstellar is a pretty good yeah. character. Yeah. Interesting, I, but not. It's it's funny, isn't it? He. He kind of has a go and sometimes it, <laughs> it falls a bit. Yeah, I definitely felt like he's more comfortable with male characters. Which, which is, is interesting because yeah. his wife is his producing partner. Yeah. Oh, and has done all his films with him and she yeah. is absolutely kick-ass yeah. and amazing and a force yeah. to reckon with. Guys, should we head to the scores? But welcome to the spreadsheet of dreams. <laughs> the scores Or are- fear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places. And uh, we will start with you, Edith, because you picked it with the recommendability, please. I mean, five for me. Sorry, Shreya, there. <laughs> um, for all the reasons that I've just talked about. Carry on. Uh, I, just, you've got to be in the right mood. Don't be on the house by yourself. Don't watch it on a phone. Don't watch it on a phone. Definitely don't watch it on a phone. Don't watch it on a phone. And also, I watched it last night. It was really stormy. So as well, I felt a bit weird, like the wind was blowing. So just make <laughs> was sure... Was the wind blowing? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit... Just waiting for the kick. I would say... I'll go 4.5, just to caveat that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I recommend it. It's a brilliant film. Helen. Wicked. If I could give this a six, I would. <laughs> I'm not allowed though, am I? No. It's five. You just said it was five. Five point one? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going 4.8 for... Point, the loser's point two for the people who will... Tell not, you stuff. Not, Tell you how it works. No. <laughs> In fact, maybe 4.7 because there will be... Oh, no, shush. No, 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 take that back. No, we have to take a first answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the people who won't get it still. They'll go, they'll go to the cinema. just recommend it to them anyway and watch their no, minds no, go to know, mush. You know how I recommend <laughs> it's all about who Who'd I think you say won't, won't get it there'll be people who will like anyone who watches confused. it at home they'll be confused they'll want to be on the phone and be like what's going on no, no, no. but what's then we on? have a thing called the internet where they can then go and go explore yeah, to uh, yeah. but find the answer 4.8 I think it's it's my final answer great um, repeat viewing score Considering I've watched it about 15 times, probably five. If it was, if I was to go home and put the telly on and not have anything specific to watch and I was flicking through and it was on, I would be like so excited that I'd come across it. You know, say it was just on Sky Movies or Netflix or anything. Like they are going and I saw it and I was like, yes! That's like the acid test, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Carry on. I, I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> if, it came, if it came on, I'd be like, oh, I've seen that one. Um, but I would, I'd happily watch it if someone was like, 
you have to watch this now, I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. I'd be like happy to, I'd probably say, I'll go for 3.5. So I wouldn't it's be, a solid score, yeah, that. I wouldn't, be like, I wouldn't be angry if someone said watch it again. But I would equally, I wouldn't like... Well, it's nice to hear yeah. you say from when you watched it the first time yeah. to then going, when you watched the second, going, actually, yeah. Oh, I enjoyed it so much more the second yeah. time. So I, def- I would say if you've only watched it once, legally, you should watch it again. <laughs> because you'll be doing what I was doing, going around going, oh, that yeah. one was a bit shit. <laughs> And you shouldn't be saying that. Before you cast your aspersions. Yeah, you need to. I'd say you you were not allowed an opinion on this film unless you've seen it twice. Because you didn't understand it. Helen? I would definitely agree with that, that the minimum amount you have to watch this film is you have to watch it twice. Otherwise, you just won't appreciate what it's about, I think. Just Um, missing out on life, really. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was so excited to hear that you'd chosen this. I was like, yes. That means I can watch it for a reason and not sit there for two and a half hours watching a film I'd seen so many times before and still really enjoy it. So a five. five. I, if I went home now and someone said, oh, do you want to watch Inception? I'd be like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for four here um, for a few things. One, it's one, like you, like you guys have said, you have to watch it again. It's simple, simple maths. Um, you have to watch it again. Otherwise, life will make, have no meaning. Um, but the problem is, the reason I've only watched it two times is because even despite having the DVD and the Blu-ray, mm. I just thought I can't deal with this right now or I don't have it's two and a half hours to put it in there. So it doesn't make it like a drop of the hat. Yeah. Let's watch yeah. it again. That's but it's true. something you need to watch again. Um, and I don't Get think it. I'll watch it often. So I'm going to go for a four because I think that's like... Solid. Good. <laughs> um, small screen score. I feel it might drop mm. some points here. Mm. Edith. See, I... Yeah, not on a phone and not on an iPad. Yeah. Um... On a good telly, yeah. So is that still class as a... Well, we say small, <laughs> small screen, screen. is like home, yeah. Netflix, arena, so big yeah. screen is cinema, t- cinema, small yeah. screen is like... I mean, I mean, ideally, the cinema. I mean, I think I saw it three times at the cinema. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> such a, I think the only film I've seen as much as that is Dirty Dancing. <laughs> well, the in, other one that I've seen cinema. that many times is... Other two are Teen Titans Go to the Movies Which and Coyote Ugly. Wow. So there's a real mix there. Who's the ugly fan? Oh my God, can't stop the moonlight. Come on. Um, come on, should we open a bar? Yes. We I definitely get on this should open a bar. Now. I'm like, I love Coyote Ugly. Love that it's film. It's a great film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would, I would still say that if this is the only way you're going to see this film, you need to see it. Yeah. So four. Sure. Carry I'm on. looking at Helen here for, for, <laughs> for guidance. Um, for help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only help. I watched it on my laptop, which isn't a very big laptop. And I, I definitely, and I also saw it in the cinema. I think, obviously, it's it's definitely meant for the cinema. And you will definitely, you know, it, it, that's where it, its home should be. But I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and, and also, again, like two and a half hours, I thought, oh, I'm going to, do the washing up as I watch this and found myself sat at the kitchen table with washing up gloves on having done no washing <laughs> up so I was like shit now what's going to happen what it right I've got to rewind because I don't understand what Ariadne just said so uh, I think although it's that's the nice thing actually yeah. about the small screen yeah, thing is being able to go, go back actually, yes that's so true because I did at the, at the beginning I went back to, to some of those little really ex, you know it's the drool at Leo so yeah I'd say <laughs> I'm going to go four because I think that Although you should watch it on a big screen, like that's what it, its birthright is. Yeah. It does not suffer <laughs> from a laptop viewing. Helen. 
I'm also going to go for four. Um, I mean, if you can ever see yeah, it on a big can. screen, do do it. Um, you definitely need to have that experience. But then every other time I've watched it since has been on a TV. And I also think that if you are watching it on a laptop, if you're listening on headphones, then that yes. will enhance it. Because That's what I was doing. It's really, it's the whole package. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the sight, the sound and the experience. It's just really about... Setting aside your two hours and 28 minutes to <laughs> give yourself completely. I should caveat that the last eight minutes is just the list of special effects people in there. So it's like two hours and 20. Yeah, yeah. that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah, the credits probably are blue. I was like, oh, well, you know, when you, when you check the time, it's like, oh, 15 minutes, minutes left. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Right, it's open now. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, special effects guys, but didn't have the time to watch. I'm going to go for two and a half here. Um, Ooh, I was just watching oh, it thinking, I, I want to watch this on IMAX right now. Mm. And um, it did envelop me, but <laughs> Helen's, I still. She's not back she's like that. No, no, no. I'm she's saying doing that. the chair thing. Yeah, she's, she's, yeah. she's, lucid, she's lucid dreaming. <laughs> Check your totems, everybody. But then How many you, fingers do you have? Um, <laughs> but then, if you then. It's because the, the only time you've seen it before was on the screen. So your memory is wanting to have that again. But if you watch it a few more times, you're just. <laughs> you drop become, your score. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the 2.5 because <laughs> it's great. And I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a lower small screen score. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be less impactful. And that's, again, another reason why I hadn't watched it. I just thought, well, it's not going to be like the cinema again. Um, I was surprised at how much caught up I was in it. But I did definitely think, I really want to watch this at the Prince Charles or bigger mm. at, bigger than the Prince Charles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 2.5. Harsh. Me, it's, I, I, it's a testament to... It's like this and Gravity. I don't think I'll ever watch Gravity on the no. at home. Mm. Um, engagement score? Five. <laughs> Straight up five. <laughs> Straight up the um, Because every time there's a different engagement, really, or there's a different sort of thing that you, you unfold. And like I said, it kind of almost like, I feel like it almost evolves. Yeah. Is that the more the more you watch it as well. So, yeah, I think it's a, a like, and, and kind of I was joking about that thing about him implanting things oh. in your brain, but I do but think there's a sister, truth. doesn't it? In that, that stuff going. in it sits because it connects to that whole, you know, idea of your brain and the conscious unconscious thing as well. So, yeah, yeah. he's still engaged with me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what I would I would go for five because I I don't I don't really love blockbusters. It's, I really as you know I prefer much smaller stuff and small stories. I'm not into effects at all. And when I started, when it clicked that this was about grief and about pain mm. and how good Leonardo DiCaprio is at telling that story of loss and not being able to move on, that is what engages you. Uh, like I, five out of five, 100%, I was so engaged in his story. All the other stuff is, is amazing and brilliant. Yeah. But if you really care about stories and characters and people, it, it's flawless. And it is rare to get that in film. Well, that's, get the, both. that's the thing about a good film, isn't mm. it? Is that there is that nugget of, of inspiration like with Jaws, it's not about the shark. It's yeah. about protecting your family, mm. your people. It's like a monster in the house story. Yeah. So it's not about the special effects. That's why it doesn't matter that uh, the shark didn't work uh, yeah. properly. And I think when you take the story, it is like a little independent film, yeah, really, yeah, in terms of it has yeah. that complete yeah. kind of authority to it, I yeah. think, of being an independent film. Which why I was so surprised, because I really thought, from my memory of it, I was like, oh, I can, I can. this is a film I'll be able to go in and out of the room and I don't need to focus too much. And I was like, God, no, he's telling me something about this yeah. person and and that bit they keep going back to you when he's like oh that I didn't look at their face I didn't look at their faces and I just think you just keep you really feel for that character you and how weird to feel for someone whose job it is to extract <laughs> ideas from people's minds and be like I get you I get you Cobb <laughs> I can imagine I'd feel exactly the same so. Helen 
no surprise it's a five you you have to be engaged with this because if you're not then you Mm. just won't enjoy it the more you the more you engage with it and the more you know you go on that journey and it might be a different path in each time you watch it because there's so many different things to notice and and think about to eat yeah five Five. i'm gonna go for (gasps) 1.2 jokes for five can you imagine (laughs) Your face, either. Literally, it was like... <laughs> we, were about to make, yeah, we were about to send you deeper under to yeah, yeah, into yeah, your yeah, brain yeah, yeah. And, and plant the idea it. that that I was, was about to be... Yeah. You have to be 100% involved in this film. And that's a slight caveat, actually. Yes. Um, if you're going to watch it, you need to be, know that you want to be involved in it. Turn your phone off. Yeah. yeah. And But like, it doesn't surprise me at all, Kara, that you start going, big film, big director, Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm just going to press play. Oh, shit. Like Two hours later, you're still there... I didn't get anything gloves, done and it was very annoyed. I had quite a lot to do. <laughs> and I thought, brilliant, I can just get on with myself. I couldn't. I ended up I ended up just sitting down in my, on my bed with my headphones on. I thought, I'm just going to give in. I'm going to watch it. Nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just totally went fine. Um, that gives an overall score of 4.456, which is bang tidy. very high. Yeah. Um, let's go to Twitter to find out what the guys on Twitter said. Oh, God. So as always, oh God, you're, you're scared. <laughs> as always, we will do it's just a Twitter shout out. scares me in general. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So do follow us on Twitter, and we'll give a shout out. So in this case, said we're reviewing Inception with Carriad from the Griefcast and at Edith the Griefcast. at the Griefcast and at Edith Bow from at Soundtracking UK. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for a shout out. So um, Edith, would you like to take the first one? Big response here, guys. Yeah. Um, Scheitgeist, hello. <laughs> Visually spectacular, high concept action adventure. Sure, you can pick it apart. And so, what if only the protagonist has any traits whatsoever? And yes, they can purchase an airline, but can't fly his kids over to Paris to meet him. An infuriating five watches. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Uh, at Seth Rogan underscore Josh. One, one? Uh, that word is Oneronaut. Thank you. Oneronaut leads subconsciousness hackers through lucid layers of limbo in visionary reality questioning meta marvel. You've got some time in your hands, Seth Rogan, Josh, <laughs> to come up with that sentence. Self-indulgent, nonsensical vanity project or incisive exploration of unspoken conventions of storytelling. Five spinning tops out of five. I admire the system of judgment. Yeah. Five spinning tops. Um, Helen. So this is from the countdown pod. Uh, in in a word, incredible. One of only thirteen films I've ever rated five out of five stars. Uh, How many films have you seen in your life? If it's thirteen, that's nothing. We need more context. <laughs> we need more context. We need yeah. to know what the um, other twelve were. Yeah, exactly. I watched Toy Story twelve yeah. other times. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um, Edith, do you want to say the next one? Uh, I want you to watch this. Uh, we compared this one to Paprika, a great Japanese animated film on dreams. I'm going to check that out. Uh, mm. I actually saw that one first and I'd probably give Inception four stars after looking at them both side by side. There's just so much more you can do with animation when it comes to the surrealness of dreams. I think actually. that's unfair with the amount of special effects. And yeah. I think it was... It does quite yeah. a lot. Um, so what's it called? Paprika, I'm writing that down so I can watch that. Uh, at Amar Sally, Sal? Oh, sorry. Sal, I think. Oh, oh, at Amar Sal. Five stars, the most rewatchable Nolan flick and personal favourite that is spatially and narratively engaging and delivers in all aspects of production, music and performance with a timeless finale. See what I did there, winky <laughs> face. And Simmons score rocks. Hashtag movie pod squad. Hashtag pod and family. I agree. I very much agree, Amar. And Helen, do you want to say the last one? The last one is from That Cousin Show. Five out of five. 
best film of the decade. Ooh. Truly an original piece of work and a masterpiece. Yeah, that's apart from one who relates it to a animation. And I guess I said you can do a lot with special effects now, but watching Into Spider-Verse is a film I saw three times in the cinema. Yeah, so And that's good. a film you just couldn't do some of the scenes with, even with the amount of special effects you have. But still... Five out of five from everyone apart from, yeah. from I want you to watch this. The special effects in this as well are so thoughtful. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not just like... Just for the sake of it. Yeah. Everything is so intelligent and, and done so simply that your brain accepts it. Yeah. Your brain never goes, oh, well, that would never happen. Well, like, like, and oh, even when, that makes sense. Even when Ariadne is doing the, the, the street bending oh, stuff, yeah. he's like, dude, what are you doing? Stop yeah. doing that. It but makes it, no sense. But your brain connects it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's, it, the special effects are amazing, actually. Carrie, I don't need Can you sign off by telling Jasper and the rest of the listeners where where they can find you or he hi, can find you? Hi, Jasper. In a non-stalky way. <laughs> yeah, please don't tell me. You can find me on Twitter at the Griefcast or on Instagram at the Griefcast or at Carrie Lloyd, and you can follow Ostentatious in the theatre, London's West End, in the Fortune Theatre every Monday. Um, I'm not going to give you my actual address, um, but nice. you can find me online. <laughs> Um, uh, I am at Soundtracking UK for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram uh, at edbo as well or you can head to the website which is edithbowman.com and listen to one of our 130 odd episodes magnificent guys that's good how's that feel? amazing don't (laughs) let it ever stop please (laughs) thank you very much guys thanks Thanks for having us Bye. bye bye Enjoy listening to Flixwatcher podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts. Why not leave us your five-star review on iTunes and follow us at Flixwatcher Pod on Twitter. Cheers, Brendan, for your fantastic editing skills. Really, really appreciate it. And cheers to everyone, all the mighty people, for the tunes that you can hear right now. <laughs> <laughs>